0: You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the Extraordinary Word Ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder.
1: Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast, and if you read the title to today's episode, The 10X Leap, and you thought to yourself, there is no way I can 10 times leap in my company, well, I dare you to listen to today's episode. I want to welcome Steve Walsh to the show. He's more than an entrepreneur or venture capital investor. He's a force that redefines the boundaries of what is possible. He has over 25 years of financial and investment expertise. He has crafted a career of bold decisions and innovative strategies. His journey, which includes successfully navigating the turbulent waters of risk and reward, ultimately led him to establish Bison Equity Group, a venture capital firm committed to empowering entrepreneurs. Now, Steve's influence extends far beyond his professional achievements. He's an inspiring figure whose genius zone has always been in helping others see a bigger vision for what's possible, embrace their higher potential, and make their own leap towards success. Now, through his book, Make the 10 Times Leap, Steve continues his mission to help entrepreneurs see their company's scalability factor while also guiding them through what it takes to get it done. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, Kim. Okay, I'm just going to ask you the question right out Is it possible to do 10 time leaps in your business?
2: Oh, definitely. You know, the thing is, I think there's a lot of people that they get into this, this zone of comfortable being comfortable. And so they don't look outside themselves. And so they're in it when they could be out of it. And so I try to do is bring that. I come in, work with them to see what's what's what they have for potential. And a lot of business owners, they just can't get out of their own way sometimes. And, (laughs) and, you know, you know, and that's one of the things that I, I work through with these with business owners is is just to to say, Hey, it is possible 10 X. It's, it's not a, it's not easy, but it's, it is possible. And so one of the things is what strategies do you need to put in place? What people do you need to hire? People are so afraid to hire people. And I always say, why don't you bring in the people that are smarter than yourself? Mm, You know, those are the things that you really want to look at. And then when you're scaling, uh, putting systems in place, and then, Don't be afraid to take outside capital. You know, so many people say they're afraid that they're going to lose control of their company. But when you bring outside capital, you bring in other things besides that. You bring in mentorship, That's you bring in resources that you probably never had. Uh, So systems in place that a lot of times venture capital firms have people, systems that they've already worked with other companies. That they can bring into the the fold with their company. And so a lot of times people are, you know, they're in this, I'd say it's a uh it's a zone of they're just just being uh very comfortable. And I just say, do something different, you know, try something different than than what you've been doing. And and I think that's that's the the one thing that uh and find some mentor that can maybe have done something better than you know, maybe have done something. Not even in your field. Yeah. Um, I've had a good story where buddy of mine had a restaurant. It was a sushi restaurant, and he uh, he had a he was in a he was a sushi chef. That's where he started, and he started it, and he was struggling. He was doing eighty hours a week. Eighty hours a week yeah. couldn't see his family, didn't see his family, and he struggled with um, uh, hiring the right people. And finally, he what did he do? He found a mentor and a mentor said hey do you want to be a sushi chef or do you want to be a business owner yeah that true was, that was the biggest thing that was the biggest step i think is that and so what he ended up doing is is hiring smarter people than him and he went from one restaurant to eight within a yeah. very short time and so that's that's where i i look at stories like that and And working with entrepreneurs that, you know, there is a possibility because you you just got to get out of your own way.
1: (laughs) I love that you said that, Steve, because I think like one of the things I did this summer was I've been working with certain specialists to develop out a new product line and I knew I needed help with it. It's not it's not that I wasn't capable of doing it, but I knew that I couldn't see the forest for the trees. And so I needed outside perspective. And so I chose specialists in different areas to work with, you know, to develop out this new product line, which will be going well, audience you're listening to this in December, so it's probably going to be going live January. Yes. And you know, it, it was really helpful. Like the process of working with these people gave me clarity that. It wasn't that I didn't know these things, but I was able to now really prioritize what my clients were seeing as the priority. And so it changed how I was able to speak to potential clients. It changed how, uh, you know, how I communicate with them. It's changed some of my messaging. Like it's changed a lot of things and it's all been good and positive. And it's because I brought in that outside help. And I loved what you said about, you know, hiring people that are smarter than you. And one of the things that I've seen and I've tried to do in RTA publishing is that when I hire someone to join the RTI publishing team, I want them to specialize in something. And I want them to be a specialist in it. And if they're way better than me, amen, hallelujah, because... The reason I'm hiring them is I don't have time to do all this stuff myself. And I want, I want really good, strong people. And I can remember when I had my first book project manager and it was really funny because she was my best friend and she's a very details oriented person. And I'm a very go with the flow person. So it was always interesting, her and I trying to work together because she wanted to plan everything to the nth degree before doing something. And I'm like, let's just start, we'll figure it out on the way along. Right. But one thing I realized in that process was that I couldn't micromanager, first of all. But secondly, she had skills, talents, and abilities that I didn't have. So when I bring on somebody new into the company, sometimes I have to show them how to do things, right? Like how how we do it at RTI Publishing. But then we have the discussion and the discussion goes like this. Listen, I'm showing you the way I do it. I'm showing you the way that makes sense for me to do this and get it done. But you're a lot better at this than I am. So take what I've shown you, redesign it, make it work the way it's gonna work best for you, and go for it and this is what i say i said you can change things up any way you want as long as you achieve the result i need and as long as the way you do it is uh, morally ethically and legally good beyond that change it up whatever way you want except if it's going to cost money that you have to ask me about first (laughs) and and it's worked well because I'm letting them work in their zone of genius. I do not need to control everything as long as the results are happening. And, you know, there's nothing morally ethically or legally wrong with what they're doing. Why would I hire a person who's smarter than me in that area and then handcuff them?
2: Right. Right. I I totally believe that. Cause that's, you know, one of the things I, I see a lot with entrepreneurs, you have the, one that, um, you know, he was the innovator. He was the one that the visionary, and then he created the product. You know, that was the, the one thing is then he's trying to figure out, or he or she's trying to figure out, how do I get it out to the public? And a lot of times their weak spot is marketing. Probably, mm, yes. I would say Probably 80% of the time I see companies that they feel that they have a great product, but they just can't share it to the world. And I I love marketing because as Peter Drucker has always said, there's two things, innovation and uh, and marketing Mm -hmm. are the two things. Everything else is a cost. And I believe that that is that is the thing that I look at is if you look at people, marketing is super important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to switch gears here, Steve. But just before we do. Audience, that time again, uh, check out our quick 15-second commercial on one of the free resources that we offer at RTI Publishing that is going to help you publish a book that converts readers into clients and then you use that book to scale your business.
0: One of the keys to becoming an author is hiring the right publisher. It's the difference between having a book that converts readers into clients and one that sits unused on a shelf. Check out seven questions to ask before hiring a publisher. Get it free at authortoauthority.com slash publisher.
1: Welcome back, Steve. Let's get into this a bit. I do want to hear a bit of your story as well, but... yeah. I really want to go a little bit deeper into this 10x leap. So what are some of the main things that, you know, an entrepreneur has to have in place to be able to do that 10 times
2: leap? Well, you know, most, like I had said, most of them have, they start with the lifestyle business and they're comfortable. Now all of a sudden, how do they get to the next level? And so that is putting systems in place Hiring right people. Now, the thing is, a lot of times people just go ahead and, and hire anybody. Mm-hmm. I always say you have to put the right people on the on the right bus. And when you put those people on that bus, you actually have to tell them, like you were just said before, you got to train them on what the values mission of the your company is. Because a lot of times, if you don't do things like that first, They're going to go off on their own, thinking about how they can grow the business for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have everybody on the same boat, on the same bus going the right direction. And and then also on top of that, marketing, marketing is so important. And when it comes to marketing, I think people think, well, I'm doing a lot of stuff on social media. And I'm a, you know, that's that's all they can think about. And I, I, there's so many other ways that you can do marketing. You can do direct mail, which people are not doing. And I believe that if you have a great message, direct mail can be a a something that, that you can use. But there's other these levers that you can pull that are not not cheap, but they're not expensive to get to, to get to that next level. But the more things that you push out there, the more content you push out there to your clients and know your customer. I think that's the most probably, you know, people think they know their customer. And I've met a lot of entrepreneurs that think they know their customer, and find out that who they're marketing to is completely different person. And, and so what they need to do is really understand who that where that person goes, what they do, for a business, what what is it they, their dreams, a lot of their pain points and a lot of the things that, you know, they, they need to almost sit down for a day or two with their team and work with trying to figure out who their customer is. Cause I always say it's easier to keep a customer than it is to get a new customer. True. And so, and I always, you know, And it's kind of one of the things where if you're already in their house or in their business, what other services can you offer them? Those are the things you have to really look at, too. If you're offering one service, your competitor is probably going to be offering 10 services. And so that's where you have to look at what your competitor is doing. You really have to look at what else can I do that they're not doing? Yeah. And so 10xing is it's a it's a. It's basically putting in systems, people, and then marketing, and then capital. The other thing I see is a lot of people try to bootstrap it, Mm. and it really slows them down. They they tend to do is chintz on the marketing side, chintz on the number of employees they bring in, or the systems that they bring in. You know, that's probably the biggest thing. And simple systems, you know, like the bookkeeping or... Or bringing in a assistant, the state. What I always say: try to stay in your genius zone. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So when you're you, are continually doing things that you're not. That's not in your genius zone. You're continually doing things that that really are probably slowing you down. Yeah. So my big thing is assistant is probably the, one of the most important things to have in in your company, just because of all the things that you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing. <laughs> True. You know?
1: I had somebody explain it to me like this once. Um, say, you know, if you're working in your zone of genius and you had unlimited time, let's say you could even make $50 or $100 an hour. But for some people it might be $200, $300, $500 an hour if they could just work in their zone of genius. But you're doing work that drains your soul and you hate doing you don't do well but there's people out there who are genius at it who will gladly do it for 10 20 30 an hour and if you gave them that work and you worked in your zone of genius so let's say you make a hundred dollars an hour and you're paying someone 30 you're still making 70 dollars an hour and you're focusing in on what you love and what you're good at. And you're blessing someone else who really loves doing the other thing. Cause that's the thing. If you find someone who loves being an admin, cause not everybody is an entrepreneur, not everybody no. w- wants to be in, in front. Some people like being the admin in the back. Some people love being the admin in the back and they're very good at it. Right. And you can pay them $30 an hour or whatever, you know, um, then you're actually growing your business. It's not a cost. It's actually, you're actually getting a whole lot more ROI yeah. on it.
2: Yeah, That that's so true. Uh, you know, going back to what I was saying about capital, I think that's the other thing is people are so worried about bringing in outside investors because the problem is they don't want to give up the control. But there's a lot of strategies you can use and a lot of things that venture capital will do to bring in capital that will... Keep that in that uh, that that person that uh, entrepreneur comfortable where they're at, uh, you know, the, as the control, and then, but also being able to scale their business with that capital. The one thing is, a lot of times when people bring in capital, then they decide what do they need to, how do they how do they need to deploy it, and that's the other thing is where venture capital comes into play is a lot of times it's they'll help them work with them on deploying where they see the best leverage to pull that's bringing in more people is that bringing in a different system is that bringing in a better marketing plan or maybe a, just a different a marketing person and so those are the things that you really work with with that venture capital plan.
1: so let's go a little deeper into this because i think you've hit on like one of the biggest fears and that is the control so can you talk a little bit more about how that works and how the control does work? Because obviously, you know, if they're making a financial investment, there's there's some say. So what does that look like?
2: Typically, an investor will come in. Uh, one of the things is they have to be, they want to, they have to get investor ready is, you know, that's a pitch decks, everything associated with that. And then what you do is you bring in investors. A lot of times entrepreneurs will just go ahead and just go and, and find any investor and that's probably the worst thing you could do because the problem is you have investors that maybe want a their their money back in 3 years well the entrepreneur is thinking 7 or 10 years and so you have a big push on the as the the investor to get this you know this this moving and so when you look at the type of investor you want and then on top of that is what type of controls you want to put in place for instance a lot of times venture capital they'll take maybe 25 40 percent of the it'll be under that 51 percent and so they they can they won't take a majority stake in it so the, mm-hmm. the entrepreneur I will say one thing though uh, sometimes entrepreneurs will uh, potentially could butt heads with the the venture capital one of the things is, You know they maybe want to go one direction and the venture capital firm wants to go in another direction so that's something that they really have to talk about up front before Mm -hmm. they even go and raise money because of that because uh it's it can be then it's then it's a partnership that break it it won't work um and so it's just a matter of and understanding what it is that they're trying to accomplish and making sure that the venture capital firm or investors it doesn't have to be in venture, venture capital it, it could be an investor and understands how they they work i i always try to run a uh, a a psych, psychologist through the with the entrepreneur just to see what their their mindset is or how they work you know if in that way i can i can understand of what that person's about and and how they think mm-hmm. you know that's the biggest thing is too is when i run them through something like that 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 is gives me an idea of who they're about um, how they how they think and how they think about their business how they think about employees uh, and and if they're going to be a good fit you know that's the other thing is too sometimes i've walked away just because i knew we weren't going to be a good fit uh, and that that will tell me right away if, if we're going to be a good fit or not so that and then they you know they can entrepreneurs can decide going forward is what level do they want me to come in and give them as as a mentor as yeah. bringing them you know what can i bring in the systems in place can i bring in um, people Do they need you know that that's the thing i I, i've done that numerous times where i bring in contractors or consultants to give them some some more expertise so they need they have some expert need some expertise in one area so
1: that is awesome i am going to shift gears here because i want to make sure that we talk a little bit about your book so make the time sleep so first of all steve take a minute or two and just
2: Share with us, you know, what is the book about? So it is Make the 10X Leap and it's it's for outside, it's for entrepreneurs. It's It gives them, it's, and it. this is a book for people that want to grow their business. This is not for the person that has a lifestyle business that wants to stay in a lifestyle business. This is a book that will give them the tools. And it's, like I said, it's, it's the same stuff that I've been talking about is where it talks about scaling up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it also talks about the mindset of the entrepreneur, how they have to change, potentially change the mindset from where they were talking. A good example is the sushi chef Mm -hmm. to now it's the business owner. Yeah. And so they have to think about what are they going to be? Are they going to be in the business or are they going to be working on the business? Yeah. And so that's and then it talks about uh, if you're going to do if you're going to raise money. What do you need to do? What do you need to do to raise money? What is it that you the scalability? Do you have the scalability? Is it is it a scalable company? And that's it's, it talks about that in the book too. Is what is your scalable factor? Um, yeah. I have a uh, on my website. You can go and and there's a a test that you can take that's kind of that gives you that scalable factor. But mm-hmm. that's that's the thing it talks about in the book is what is your scalable factor, and then from there it gives you ideas about how you can scale your business you know bringing in outside people how do you look at bringing in outside people how do you bring systems in place and then how do you bring in on top of that marketing marketing is probably the the one thing i i would say is what i think is majority of the time if you look at company somebody will say to me uh they're a a a dog company, you know, they, they sell company uh, products on online. I say that they're a marketing person or marketing company first, and then a pet's pet company second. Yeah. And so they have to think about that. If they're a marketing company, what do they do? What, how do they, how do they present themselves out there? And and so I go, I go back to that and then, and then it talks about capital, Mm. the types of capital that are out there, that are available, that's available, depends on your business. There's, there's some other, you can bring, um, borrow money, you can borrow money, you can bring investors that you give them debt, or you can bring in investors that have equity. I prefer equity, but a lot, some investors want just debt. Mm-hmm. And so they, they can do that. In this environment, debt's a little expensive right now, but, yes. it, um, but it's, it is something that you can do. And then it talks about from there is. What's it look like when you 10X your business? Hmm. What do you you want to do when you sell, when you 10X your business? I say, you know, sell your business or what is it that you want to do? You want to grow it. If you 10X it from there, where do you want to go? And how does that look for as a, as an entrepreneur? How does that look in your, in your life as how do they, they perceive themselves? you know, before they were perceiving their self as just struggling entrepreneur. Now they've, they've done really well and they've had all the toys, they have all that. And so now it's, again, what happens is they become comfortable again. Yeah. So then you have to really reassess about, do I still want to be in this business? If I can take myself out of the business and bring some more people in the business. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that where where business owners will this all of a sudden they'll be the one going to their lake house and they have a manager or a ceo that's running the business so they really don't have to be in the business
1: yeah i'm gonna switch gears here steve because yeah. we've only got a few minutes left and i want to make sure that i ask you the question that i ask every single author that comes on the show so what was the good the bad and the ugly about writing editing <laughs> and publishing that book
2: well, it was I would say I tell people this it was the most challenging thing that I, I've done, in the sense that it took me a year, and the only reason it took me only a year to me it seems like that was a short time is that I hired a uh, a coach that actually helped me push push me. He had he gave me timelines to be you know where I had to be, and he really pushed me to get it done. Uh, otherwise, I would have been here probably another year. And the idea is that uh, when you write a, for me, when I wrote this book, uh, I finished it, the majority of it, I finished it in um, June. But the next 20% was the hardest 20%.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's,
2: it's all the little things that you have to do, you know, that that you don't think about. That all of a sudden, uh, getting the words on the on the page were great. But then you have to do uh, the graphs, and you have to do a lot of the you know getting the forward done and, and a lot of the things that you don't think about when you're doing a book.. No. Uh, and so it was was uh, but I tell you what, it was when I finished it and I saw what it looked like, I was like extremely happy. And, and so so when anybody I always, my big thing is any business owner that does not have a book, think about writing a book. Yeah. Uh, I believe that it's one of the number one things you can do in your business to make yourself yourself different.
1: I agree. I agree. Steve, if people have enjoyed today's episode, how can they connect with you?
2: Yeah, so they can go to they can get on LinkedIn, Facebook or they can go to my website, which is bisonequitygroup.com or they can and I have a resource there, page there they can go to that has some great tools they can use and actually it has another chapter in there that I didn't put in the book so they can go to that and the bison equity uh, equity group.com is is a great place to go or they can go to steve bison equity group.com and also reach out to me
1: thank you so much steve this has been a wonderful episode audience if you enjoyed today's episode i want you to scan back a little bit to episode 424 how to differentiate yourself by satisfying your clients deepest desires with raul hernandez so if you are watching this on youtube the thumbnail will be here somewhere click on the thumbnail and you can go to that episode if you're on that podcast app you're going to want to scan back about 30 episodes and i promise you it'll be another amazing episode that's going to help you move your business forward audience thank you so much for listening it is a joy and a pleasure and an honor to be able to do this podcast for you have a great day everyone and we will see you on the very next episode bye now
0: you've You've been been listening to the the author to authority authority podcast the extraordinary Extraordinary word Word ninja Ninja, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs professionals speakers and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business